Nehemiah chapter 1 These are the memoirs of Nehemiah son of Hakaliah in late autumn in the month of Kislev in the 20th year of king Artaxerxes reign I was at the fortress of Susa Hanani one of my brothers came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem They said to me Things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah They are in great trouble and disgrace The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire When I heard this I sat down and wept In fact for days I mourned fasted and prayed to the God of heaven Then I said O Lord God of heaven the great and awesome god who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands listen to my prayer look down and see me praying night and day for your people israel i confess that we have sinned against you yes even my own family and i have sinned we have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands decrees and regulations that you gave us through your servant moses Please remember what you told your servant Moses if you are unfaithful to me I will scatter you among the nations but if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored the people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants o lord please hear my prayer Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days I was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah chapter 2. Ali the following spring in the month of Nisan during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes reign I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence so the king asked me why are you looking so sad you don't look sick to me you must be deeply troubled then i was terrified but i replied long live the king how can i not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire the king asked well how can i help you with a prayer to the god of heaven I replied If it please the king and if you are pleased with me your servant send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried the king with the queen sitting beside him asked How long will you be gone when will you return after I told him how long I will be gone the king agreed to my request I also say to the king If it please the king Let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah and please give me a letter addressed to Asaph the manager of the king's forest instructing him to give me timber I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls and for a house for myself and the king granted this request because the gracious hand of god was on me when i came to the governors of the province west of the euphrates river i delivered the king's letters to them the king i should add had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me 
But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burnt gates. Then I went to the fountain gates and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So, though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I say to them, You know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. I replied, The God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 3 Then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild at the ship gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and the Tower of Hananel. People from the town of Jericho worked next to them, and beyond them was Zakur, son of Imri. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hasena. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Meramoth, son of Uriah, and grandson of Hakos, repaired the next section of wall. Beside him were Meshulam, son of Berechiah, and grandson of Meshezabel, and then Zadok, son of Baana. Next were the people of Tekoa, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. The old city gate was repaired by Joyada, son of Pasea, and Meshulam, son of Besodiah. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Next to them were Melatiah from Gibeon, Jadon from Meronoth, people from Gibeon, and people from Mizpah, the headquarters of the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River. Next was Uziel, son of Hariah, a goldsmith by trade, who also worked on the wall. Beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. They left out a section of Jerusalem as they built the broad wall. Rephiah, son of Ur, the leader of half the district of Jerusalem, was next to them on the wall. Next, Jediah, son of Harumaf, repaired the wall across from his own house and next to him was Hattush, son of Hashbenah. 
Then came Malkijah, son of Harim, and Hashub, son of Pahath Moab, who repaired another section of the wall and the tower of the ovens. Shalom, son of Halohesh, and his daughters repaired the next section. He was the leader of the other half of the district of Jerusalem. The valley gate was repaired by the people from Zenoah, led by Hanun. They set up doors and installed its bolts and bars. They also repaired the 1,500 feet of wall to the Dung Gate. The Dung Gate was repaired by Malkijah, son of Rechab, the leader of the Beth Hakerem district. He rebuilt it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. The Fountain Gate was repaired by Shalom, son of Kolose, the leader of the Mizpah district. He rebuilt it, roofed it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Then he repaired the wall of the pool of Siloam, near the king's garden. And he rebuilt the wall as far as the stairs that descend from the city of David. Next to him was Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, the leader of half the district of Bethzur. He rebuilt the wall from a place across from the tombs of David's family, as far as the water reservoir and the house of the warriors. Next to him, Repairs were made by a group of Levites working under the supervision of Rehum, son of Bani. Then came Hashabiah, the leader of half the district of Keilah, who supervised the building of the wall on behalf of his own district. Next down the line were his countrymen, led by Benui, son of Henadad, the leader of the other half of the district of Keilah. Next to them, Ezra, son of Jeshua, the leader of Mizpah, repaired another section of wall across from the ascent to the armory near the angle in the wall. Next to him was Baruch, son of Zabai, who zealously repaired an additional section from the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Meremoth, son of Uriah, and grandson of Hakos, rebuilt another section of the wall extending from the door of Eliashib's house to the end of the house. The next repairs were made by the priest from the surrounding region. After them, Benjamin and Hashub repaired the section across from their house, and Azariah, son of Messiah, and grandson of Ananiah, repaired the section across from his house. Next was Benui, son of Henadad, who rebuilt another section of the wall from Azariah's house to the angle and the corner. Palal, son of Uzai, carried on the work from a point opposite the angle and the tower that projects up from the king's upper house beside the court of the guard. Next to him were Pediah, son of Parosh, with the temple servants living on the hill of Opheld, who repaired the wall as far as a point across from the water gate to the east at the projecting tower. Then came the people of Tekoa who repaired another section across from the great projecting tower and over to the wall of Ophel. Above the host gate, the priests repaired the wall. Each one repaired the section immediately across from his own house. Next, Zadok, son of Imar, also rebuilt the wall across from his own house, and beyond him was Shemaiah, son of Shekaniah, the gatekeeper of the east gate. Next, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zelaph, repaired another section, while Meshulam, son of Berechiah, rebuilt the wall across from where he lived. 
Malkaija, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the wall as far as the housing of the temple servants and merchants, across from the inspection gate. Then he continued as far as the upper room at the corner. The other goldsmiths and merchants repaired the wall from that corner to the sheep gate. Nehemiah chapter 4 Sanballat was very angry when he learned that you were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones of that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, That stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, Before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, They will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families, armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah, who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand, supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding. Then our God will fight for us. We worked early and late, from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I also told everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way, they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and work during the day. During this time, none of us, not I, 
nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor the guards who are with me ever took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water.